always been a unique person, you know what I mean? Uh, sort of laid back in a way, but very adamant and very passionate about what I believe. I think a lot of times that sort of throws people off because they don't expect me to have the mindset or the process of thought that I do. And so when you come in to watch my channel, you may hear a myriad of thoughts and ideas that could be different from others. What I want you to do is just sit back, like, share, and subscribe. To receive instant notification each time I upload, please hit the subscribe button and the bell notification. Well, hello and good morning to everybody. This is a very late night stream, but I just felt that it was important to get on with the rest of our reading for Psalms. You know, over the past couple of weeks, uh, yes, ma'am, hello, Teresa. Over the past couple of weeks, we have been bombarded with a myriad of thoughts, a bevy of things that have either made us feel good or feel bad, depending upon what side of the fence we sit on. But there is something to be said about continuing our walk and continuing our way in the word. You know, for myself personally, there have been a lot of different feelings that I've had. I've been up a little bit some days, I'm a little down, and then I have to basically check my temperature. I have to see, hello, R. Jones and Kathy. You know, I have to just really check myself. You know, a lot of times what we want to do is we want to believe that the feelings that we're having is primarily because of what somebody else did to us, right? And I think that's very well human nature. I mean, we saw an example of that. Hello, just exploring every path. We saw a great example of that last evening on the show, which we will delve into tomorrow. We had an individual who, like most of us in our lives, have at one point or another felt as if somebody did something wrong to us. Now, it's not my job and it's not our job to say whether or not this person was accurate in their assumption, but you would definitely venture to say that after looking at this person, that they have been broken. And there are so many of us who walk around right now today broken. We attempt to put on lipstick. We attempt to, you know, put on that suit if we have to go to work or uniform uh, and go to work. We attempt to smile in the middle of pain. And there are many of us who actually don't know whether or not we want to cry or scream. And that's where the word of the Most High God comes in. Because there's something about reading the word 
that makes you feel a whole lot better. It's one thing if you're going through and you really just can't even focus your mind on even praying. Sometimes you get in enough pain where you can't pray. And that's when if you can't do anything but open up one scripture and just read that thing, and then you begin to meditate on that word. Once you begin to meditate on the word, it seems to make things feel better. Now, I know that's how it's worked for me. So I don't know if that is how it has worked for you. But there's one thing to be said about the passage that we are going to pick up on this morning. Now, we left off reading for Psalms 15 was the last one we read. And here we are, Psalms 16. Hmm, very good stuff, right? A lot of truth there. So let's let's dig right in. So it's Psalms chapter 16, and I will break away if, you know, the Holy Spirit leads me to share or expound on some of the scriptures. And uh, if you guys have questions, you can go ahead and put it in the chat. But verse one says, preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord, my goodness extended not to thee. But to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellence, in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasteneth not after another God. Their drink offerings, blood I will not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. In verse 5 it says, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou manifest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage, and I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. Verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad. And my glory rejoice, rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures evermore. That is wonderful. Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. You can flip-flop that. There's the A scripture, there's the B part of that scripture, and then there's the C. But just look at the B part. In thy presence is fullness of joy. So what does that mean? That means that if we're not in his presence, if we flip-flop that or turn it the other way, then there will be no joy. And I think that, my friends, my sisters, my brothers, I think that is the most important piece. That if you want to have joy, then you've got to stay in his presence. Because in his presence, there is 
fullness of joy. There is joy unspeakable. You know, you can always tell when somebody's not walking in joy. You can always tell when somebody is not happy, when their life is just one big ball of turmoil, right? You can tell. And the way that you can tell is based on how they treat a stranger. I did a a video a long time ago, maybe at the top of last year, and I referenced how I cut up one time when I was with my spouse, how I was just nasty. (laughs) Now, have you ever been in a work environment and had somebody like I was to this gal? She was mean to me and I reciprocated. I think I had just had our third or fourth child. And for whatever reason, when she cut up, I thought it was right for me to give it back to her the way that she gave it to me. But imagine if I had turned it around and treated her immediately with love. I later learned in life that that was the important way to be. And I'm glad that I had that unfortunate occurrence in my life because it put me in a situation to see myself, which is really what I want to talk about. How even though people treat us a certain way, and even though people cut up and act the way that they do, how many times do we ask God the Father to examine us? It's a very difficult thing to do. It's not easy. It's not easy to say, well, yeah, they treated me bad, uh, but Father, examine me. It's not easy to do that because we always want to blame it on somebody else, right? And last night we saw a prime example of that. A person that could not get their way, and because they couldn't get their way, they lashed out. They cut up, and that's okay. But you still have to treat that person with love, because if you don't, then the father holds you accountable for how you how how you treated a stranger. Right. And that's pretty much what I want to say. It's all about how we receive a stranger, how we receive those who are in need, how we receive those who treat us bad. Hmm. That says a lot. That says a lot. If you cannot treat somebody that you have been, you literally, let me tell you something. This is where, where I think we really need to, uh, as our friend, um, (laughs) Black Spring says, put it down there where the cows can get it. (laughs) If we don't treat people that we don't know with love, how do we know that we are right? Think about that. They treated you poorly, and so you reciprocate. Common sense, man's common sense says, well, you know what? They hadn't done it to you, then you wouldn't have done it to them. But see, God doesn't see things like that. Our father says, no, somebody treats you bad. You don't do them like that. You don't know what's up with that person. You don't know what's on their mind. You don't know where their life is. You don't know who they are. It could be an angel, and you don't know. It's so much easier to treat somebody with love. And then when you mess up and you don't treat them with love, then it's time for you to fall on your knees and ask the father, examine me. Let me examine myself. Let me see what's in me that's not like you so that I can weed that thing up, pull that thing up and toss it away and get rid of it. Why? Because again, we've used this scripture in this passage before that clearly says that it's up to you and it's your responsibility to lay aside every weight and measure that doth so easily beset you. And how about if you don't know, doggone it, that that's one of those weights and measures. We don't want to see that. Let me tell you guys, a long, long time ago, I was working at a Nordstrom in Southern California. 
And um, there was a very famous, um, uh, I can't say recording studio. It was a television studio with a lot of, you know, Christian people would come in and out of there. And the city that I was in in Los Angeles uh, County was right there on the cusp of Orange County, California. So it was a totally different county, but it was just a few blocks up. Well, apparently these uh, folks decided they wanted to come shopping and they worked or they were people in the ministry right there at this um, television studio that was a quote unquote Christian television studio. Well, the gentleman, I recognized him. You know, I always had the dream of, of singing with the Gaithers. I used to love the Gaithers. I, don't, I know it sounds crazy to some people, but I just love those old, old school songs. Well, this guy wasn't a quote unquote Gaither, but he had sung with them. He, he did sing with them at one point. And I, and I knew him all the time on that particular channel. And I saw him singing. Well, lo and behold, I see him. But right as I see him, I see the connection to the woman that's walking in front of him. And uh, I greeted him, you know, hello, sir. How are you? Oh, my goodness. It's so great to see you. I watch you all the time. I love your music. And uh, he was a very gracious gentleman, but the wife was so ugly in her spirit. I don't even remember what her face looked like. So he says, well, yeah, I'm doing okay. She's not doing so good. And I said, oh, ma'am, what's going on? How, why aren't you doing well? Is there anything I can help you with? And she says, no, what you can do is tell your coworker upstairs that she's really nasty and evil. She wouldn't look for me. I wanted her to look more and she wouldn't even do it. She mentioned a specific person and I knew for a fact this lady had just lost her mother. And so on behalf of that woman, I apologized. I said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. And I know that it's, you know, not anybody's public notice or public record. I mean, public information to tell, but because I felt like, you know, well, she's a, you know, she's a saint. She, she goes to church, you know, her husband's this big famous singer. Of course, she's going to understand if I tell her this woman's situation, maybe that'll make her calm her spirit down. I said, well, ma'am, if you wouldn't mind, please pray for her because, um, you know, she just lost her mother. I ain't praying for her. You pray for her. <laughs> This little ornery blonde lady <clears throat> told me I ain't praying for her you pray for. She's mean. I looked over at her husband, whose ministry she really just put a bow and arrow through. <laughs> and I looked at him and he dropped his head. You know, there's a scripture that says that a, a woman who is an embarrassment to her husband is rottenness to his bones. Rotten to his bones. You know what that means? Where is the life? The Bible says that the life is in the blood. What's in the bones? The marrow. What does the marrow have? The marrow must have pure blood. Rotten to his bones. If the marrow in the body is messed up, you don't have a body because eventually you will die because there's nothing that is worse than having marrow cancer or a blood-related disease that affects your marrow. So a woman who is an embarrassment to her husband is rottenness to his bones. If you have been an embarrassment and he been cutting up, don't you be no embarrassment to that man. Don't be that. No, because it's just like having rotten marrow. She was an embarrassment to him. Inevitably, inevitably I picked up a pen and I wrote a letter to that ministry because 
ever since the 70s, in the mid 70s, when they became popular, my family watched that network constantly. I later learned why they never responded when I found out how much turmoil and how much uh, sin they were actually involved in. I mean, the actual organization itself, maybe not everybody, but enough of them. What is my point? My point is you never know who you are affecting when you elect to act the way they do. You never know. And so it's important for us to understand that his joy is really all we need. His joy. In him, there is joy. Fullness of joy. But if you're outside of him, you're not going to have none. You can always tell somebody who don't have any because they're constantly complaining, because they're constantly whining, because things just never seem to go their way, because everybody has made them the victim. And even when there is nobody to victimize them, it's okay. They're going to remind you of previous past, I should say, previous and past hurts. They'll remind you, you don't got to worry. Don't make the mistake of asking them. <laughs> don't make the mistake of asking, how are you doing today? Because they're going to tell you everything. I done hurt my sacroiliac. My, uh, my author is riding me. Author is riding me. My arthritis, author, author's riding me. Uh, they can't see in their left eye. And somebody stole their parking spot this morning, and they know that that person in the, in the break room, they knew that that last donut, that glaze was theirs, and they took it on purpose. They can have 50 people working in the office, and the last person came in because they didn't have no food at the house, and they came in thinking there's a there's going to be a donut in their break office, in their break room. And I know the reason why they took it was because of me. They know I like those. Ronnie says the word joy there in the Hebrew is shamach, and it means gladness, to flourish, to be higher than. This is exactly how you handled the episode last night. Well, to him be the glory. I tell you, to the most high be the glory, to the father be the glory, because in our natural selves, we don't think to respond like that. But you have to walk that thing, right? You got to walk it. It's not, there's nothing good in me at all. All I try to do is make sure that, you know, we don't treat people bad and we don't treat people poorly. Listen, she doesn't know me. All she did was allowed herself to be interviewed by someone. And when you come and you sit with somebody who believes in making sure that I don't want to give you guys false information and I don't want to lead you guys astray. And so for me, it's incumbent upon me to do my due diligence and study that person out, follow all that I can follow so that I'm not serving you guys a bunch of lies that have been regurgitated over and over again. I cannot be that person. I just can't. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just can't be that person, you know? Wow, I'm in San Bernardino County. Ha, 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 we're almost neighbors. That's where I was then. You know, I was there then. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, well, I got to have some joy, right? I was there then um, as far as uh, California. At that time, I was working at the Nordstrom out there. I worked at a couple of Nordstroms. Um, but this particular one was right there in Cerritos, right in that area. And uh, the lady was just mean-spirited. She was just mean-spirited. But you know what? That's okay. Because what I understood was this poor guy had been trolling around with this chick all these years, possibly 
And, you know, maybe maybe he was already tired and exhausted of trying to tell her to act right and treat people good. That was not a good look. If you, you know, you're, you're, you're a minister, you sing. And, uh, and I know, trust me, I know, because my first husband used to cut up when I was singing in ministry. He would cut up, get mad at folks because he was not in his right mind. But I still had to walk in love. I still had to walk in love. So it's important that, you know, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, that you walk in the love of God. Now, I do want to talk a little bit because I did say it was a chat. Wanted to start there with the Psalm 16 because we wanted to get past that one, right? It's been, what, three weeks now and all kinds of stuff has happened. We've had an inauguration, a coronation, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what that was, but nonetheless, we've gone through a lot of stuff. But I do want to talk about a couple of points that have gone on uh, this past week. And one of the things that I want to say is, and I know some people get mad at me because, um, you know, I don't, I don't stand for any parties anymore. But what I do want to say is that we're standing for righteousness, right? I want everybody, if you know somebody or if you are one of those people, to n- not um, hold on to what was. It's hard. It is hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's hard. It's hard to to you know let let it go. But I talked to somebody that I admire very much, and uh, they they're not letting it go. They're holding on with bated breath to all of the things that have been told to them by different points out here in the world that you know he's going to come back. He's going to come back. And when he comes back, it's going to be in April or it's going to be in March. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be in, and he's going to, there's another, there's another, um, you know, U.S. and there's this and there's that. Listen, you guys, I can't tell you if any of that stuff is true or not. I don't know. But I do know that our focus needs to be laser pointed to the will and to the word of our Father. That is where our focus should be, because if the last four years for the body of believers is any indication, it is an indication that if we do not keep our eyes on him, the most high, that we can and will succumb to anything. So I'm saying that all of the last little bitty things that people are saying now, oh, he's going to come back, he's going to do this, and he's going to do that, and they've got all this money and this and this, and I don't know if that's happened or not, you guys. There, I've said it. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But what I do know is true is our Father's Word. And I believe that's where we should be focused right now. Focused on making sure that we make him happy and that we please him in everything that we do. It does seem like a very harsh thing to say when you just want to hold on and believe. Okay? It, it, it does. For me to say that, it, it does seem like, oh, gee, she's so insensitive. No. What I want you to do is remember Lot's wife. Think on that. I want you to remember Lot's wife, how the mandate was to go forward, to leave this place, basically, but to go forward. Don't be stuck in the past. Do not look back. Don't look back. Why are you looking back there? 
There's only one place that we're ever told to remember a woman in the Bible. Yep. And it's good old Lot's wife. You know, there's this uh, National Geographic uh, story. And uh, it was so funny because uh, they showed what they thought could be Lot's wife. It was right there. Uh, you guys may have seen it. I don't know. but And it could, maybe it wasn't National Geographic. It could have been some other documentary that I stumbled on. The point that I want to make about it is, though, that they literally had this big, tall thing that had salt all over it where the ocean had been going up against it for several hundred years, they said that it was, they believed that it was Lot's wife because of the way that it was standing, because of the way that it was turned and, um, and, and, and because of its location, that it was not too far from either city, Sodom or Gomorrah. Remember his wife and remember the liberty wherewith you have been made free. You don't have to be tied up to that other stuff. You don't have to walk around in fear and, and thinking that the only way you're going to be uh, okay is if a specific person is in office because it's proven to us that that has no truth to it. There is no truth to that. The only truth is trusting in our father. I truly believe that. You know, when I think of fear, <laughs> because that's generally what it is, is that, you know, we feel the sense of fear and and the fear is is the unknown we don't know what's going to happen all we know is you know uh everybody is saying that this person is this way and they're that way and we can see the evil deeds trust and believe we can okay and if there's if there's any reason for us not to trust anybody but god look at the deeds look at the deeds the dirty deeds the deeds indeed <laughs> look at the dirty deeds right because once we see that and we know that's not him, then we have to put that thing to the side. And when we put it to the side, now we can say, okay, only one I can trust is you, Father. And that's all I'm going to trust. That's it. Fear is something that motivates a lot of us. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I think sometimes about fear. Ever since, you know, people were children, we were children, fear has been sown in one way or another. When you were youngsters, you would be afraid of the boogeyman, right? Preteens, I remember back in California, a lot of the girls would get in the bathroom and play that uh, Bloody Mary game. And they'd be in a dark hallway right in the bathroom in the middle school. And they'd be in there talking all kind of spooky stuff. And I thought to myself, well, what's, what's going to happen if something jumps out at you? You going to run? They love the scary. As adults, you know, we we sat there in the movie theater gazing at a movie screen, fists clenched with popcorn, digesting Freddy Krueger. In all of this, we were complicit. As in those early games as a kid, all right, and such, Bloody Mary and all that stuff, we played. And we played to be afraid. And then later, the allure that taunted us, taunted us to pay to be afraid as an adult. Hmm. Either way, the macabre seems to have drawn a lot of people, you know, being afraid. Knowing good and well we don't want to be, but that's what we did. Some kids did that. Now, throughout history, if we think about it, fear has been used in one way or another as a method of control. Even the church used to pack its pews with fear. Give us your last or you're not going to please God. I remember some churches like that. 
I remember some churches like, if you don't give us your last, you know God ain't going to bless you. You see the Bible said to bring it all in the storehouses. Come on, bring the money. Now, don't worry about that light bill. If you come give us your light bill, buddy, God going to bless you. Honey, I'm here to tell you, I have seen some people believe that. And uh, yeah, it didn't happen. I appreciate that, Teresa. Teresa said, not sure why anyone would be focused on any man right now. Teresa, I tell you, my heart was so heavy after that conversation with this friend because I felt just like you did. Just like you just said right there, I felt just like that. But I tell you, what concerned me the most was hearing that people are actually digesting that stuff, that they believe that, and they are focused on the man. And here's what I believe. I don't want that to happen. I want us all to get our minds in, in one accord so that we can push into the next thing that he wants us to, because irregardless of if everybody does or not, there's going to be a handful that do move forward. And those that stay behind as in, you know, falling off at the wayside, the wheat and the tear separation, that's the word it's going to happen. But if there is something that I can say tonight to convince us to just let that stuff go when we hear it, pray for the person that tells you about it and just move on. That's my goal right now today. And I'm with you, Teresa. I don't either, girl. I do not even understand. But the churches used to use, as I was saying, the fear factor, you know, give us your last and God's going to bless you. And this, you know, the fear part of it goes all the way up to the politician. What, what, what uh, Ronnie just talked about the other day with regards to politicians. If you vote for me, your neighborhood is going to be okay. Your state's going to be okay. Inevitably, your country's going to be all right. Just vote for me and I'll set you free. <laughs> I'll take care of you. So no matter what is said to us, we are the key component. We are the key component in all of that. In order for any of that to be successful, in order for any of the fear to mean anything, it needs our permission, and our permission is vital. You know, we toss the scripture around a lot of times that who the son sets free is free indeed. Well, we got to look at the full aspect of the word free. Be free. If, if, if you were in a prison cell and somebody, you know, came by and let you out, you know, they unshackled you. They got your, 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 your ankles and everything. You, you were in there and you were innocent. But just by nature of being at the wrong place at the wrong time, you got arrested and all of a sudden they come by and say, okay, you can go now. Would you go back into the cell? <laughs> well, I hope not. I hope not. Let's let the fear go. Because one thing about it is that fear is universal and it doesn't matter if you're a person who likes scary movies or not. If you ever believed in the boogeyman or you didn't, you feel me? And none of that stuff matters. The fact is, is that it can get you in one way or another, whether it's because of the job, you don't want to do X, Y, Z because they're going to say this or do that at the job. You see what I'm saying? Hey, how are you there, Glass FX? You see? So we have to make sure that we keep our minds focused on him because he is the only reason why we move, why we live. We have to be healthy to help those around us that don't know the fullness of his love. And that's why I'm encouraging all of us tonight to stay focused on him.
because we were so, I know a lot of us were, and I'm going to speak for me. I can't speak for everybody else, but I'm going to use me as an example. I know that in 2016, I was so fearful of the other person making it that I did everything that I could to make sure that the fellow that made it would make it. Not looking at the situation for what it was. I pushed and pushed and convinced and read and did everything that I could, but I did not look. And it wasn't until after he took office that I began to see a lot of the things that the father was showing me. But imagine if I hadn't seen those things. Imagine if I had just elected to just close my eyes to it and say, well, this prophet said, and that prophet said, and this person said, and that person said, and this person said to do this and this, what would have happened to me? Would I have ever awakened what I have? You see, I probably never would have come up out of that slumber because I was yet thinking that this man's election was a godly election. And that thought process came because even though I was not a Republican, the narrative was pushed that right is is right. The right is right. And the left is wrong. And it wasn't until a year after the father tried started to show me things. Actually, the very next morning, he showed me one thing, and that was, his. this is only going to buy you time to get things in order. And I said that to my best friend. I said it to my brother, said it to my husband, said it to a few other people. Hey, you know what God showed me? That it was just time to get us together. But we didn't do that. Some of us did. Some of us didn't. Again, I got to use me as an example, right? I have to be transparent. Then I started to see other little bitty things that led me to go to the word. And that is what I used as my litmus test to see if this person was who everybody thought he was. Hey, one peaches 41. Good to see you. I thought about you earlier today or yesterday. Okay, Anthony, how are you? So we have got to make sure that we focus on him. Because when we focus on him, it doesn't matter what goes on around us. doesn't matter what goes on in D.C. doesn't matter what goes on in this country, that country. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. What matters is him and him alone. Because when we begin to focus on him, you guys, we won't have to worry about nothing. And let's just say, for example, something, you know, cuckoo does go down. We've been through cuckoo before. <laughs> Jeff says, I've been listening to you out in the moonlight with my husky Etta. You sound like warm, smooth jazz. <laughs> Thank you. I need to put the glove back on and listen. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, I was drawn here, Teresa, so here I am. I'm glad you were. Thank you. Ronnie Mann, if you are enjoying this content, please consider like, sharing, and subscribe. And I appreciate that. Thank you. 
Teresa says that it's a great place to be. I'm glad you feel that way, Teresa. I'm glad that you are here. I came here from Royston Potter previously. I seen Miss on Monograph, but tonight I'm here now on my own accord, and I sure appreciate that. I truly, truly appreciate you. But tonight I want to just, that's all I wanted to say, you guys, is, is to just cut the fear apart. Take the peer, take the fear, pull it apart, okay? Piece it out, put it under your feet, put it under the subjection of the word, put it all up under the word, and then just leave it there. Because when you do that, you begin to have the spirit of a finisher. And the one that says, it is finished, that's the spirit of Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Don't walk in fear. Let that stuff go. If you know somebody's coming up to you in the next week or so, in the next few days, and they start that, well, you know, he coming back. Okay, well, I know somebody who's really coming back. To coin a phrase of what um, uh, what our brother Ronnie just got through saying, yes, yeah, somebody else is coming back too. So let's look for him. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> let's look for him. Keep our eyes set on him. Amen. Keep our eyes set on him. Don't be looking for no human being to come back. Don't you do that. Mm -mm. Don't do that. Think about that for a second. You get your mind all set on waiting for this person to come back and you be done miss some pivotal stuff. Mm hmm. Let's see. Anthony Van Zandt says uh, the Lockhart perspective. Hello. As a note. This kid arrived Ali Cuckoo to begin with. <laughs> and good thing too. Okay, Dennis Conrad, how are you? How are you? Dennis says, everybody is building Biden up to be ugh, worse. So what are we doing when we hear that kind of stuff? Are we going and researching ourselves to find out what's up? Because I know there's only one thing that concerned me over the last couple of days when I just look at things at face value. And that was the reversal of a, an executive order that was done back in May of last year that pretty much protected our grid. And now I find that that has been removed. The protection has been removed or the EO, the way that it was written originally has now been changed to say, okay, we'll just drop all that. And it's done for the next 90 days. That type of stuff does concern me because I did go into, as you guys know, I got to research stuff. <laughs> I think the lady last night didn't expect me to, to be candid with you. Uh, that's what I think. I think that a lot of times people don't expect for you to do your research and uh, you know, I don't know, but I did some research last night. And as I read that EO, is it earlier today? I think it was either earlier today. Child, I'll tell you one thing. It is, what, 1245 here a.m. And it, all of it melds together after you stay up past nine o'clock at 56. <laughs> it all looks like one big blur. So, uh, so the grid EO, yes, I read it. And it was so explicit in why it was being drafted, uh, what the goal was, why they wanted to protect the grid, uh, you know, how many, you know, entities would have had access to it. And so this was the reason why it needed to be protected. I didn't just read the first part, you know, you read the first part and then you dig down into each one of the little points. And uh, after I did that, I said, well, gee whiz, I wonder if he, <laughs> you know, you got to be a little coy sometimes and hope that the person 
uh, that they just didn't know. You know what I'm saying? You play the game. Gee whiz, did he not know what was in there? <laughs> Glass Fix says, history is unique. It is the woman who are, who it is the women who are the catalyst of change. Happy life sort of things. <laughs> okay. De uh, Dennis Conrad says, much worse than he'll probably be. Hmm, you never know. Uh, yes, Ronnie Mann, it was the grid EO. Yes, it was the grid EO. I have given up on politics, two sides of the same coin. Well, welcome to my world. You sound exactly like me. That's how I feel too. It's just that my friend just broke my heart. You know what I mean? Uh, DHL too, it just, just broke my heart when I heard that. And I knew that, you know what, sometimes you can't even argue with a person. It's just best to, to sit there and, and listen and then pray because you really do want them to get it. You don't want them to be caught up in the stuff of it all. And just the fact that there's still this remnant that believes that all this stuff is going on, uh, trusting literally the words were trust, the P-L-A, and it ends with an, with an N. That's what was said to me. And that just, whoa, that was amazing. I was like, are you kidding me now? Are you kidding me right now? Hmm. Teresa says, maybe he's trying to make it a dark winter. He was always talking about, okay, reality, yeah. I'm wondering the real motives behind the EO as well as the oil and gas permits paused. You know, I think we all know what it is. I just think we don't want to think like that. That's that's the truth. That's the honest truth. Um, we, we don't want to have that thought process. You know what I mean? We know what it is. We know what it is. And that's the sad part is that if there's that little bitty piece, <clears throat> excuse me, in our mind that makes us think about that nefarious intent, we just don't want to. And the thing I like about it is that we see it because now we know what to petition our father for. Now we know what to, uh, you know, to take to him in, 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 in prayer. You know, now we understand exactly what we need. And I'm glad some, some of those things, now that kind of stuff, when it comes out across the table, you know, from his pen to paper, I like that because now I can pray about the facts because I can go, I can read the facts. I can see what the facts are. All this other stuff is so concerning to me because it's based on a lot of, he said, she said, and after he and she say it, they get over in the corner together and they'd be cracking up laughing at those who heard it, did it. The people who heard it, they get up and they crack up laughing. Look what I made them do. Look at what I made them believe. That's not cool. That's not cool. But if we see something that has been typed up, that's been printed, we can go and we can pray about it. Father, I pray your will be done in this circumstance. And I pray that no harm comes to us because of X, Y, or Z. Because now we can see it, right? And it's something tangible, something that we can honestly say, okay, well, this here is a mandate. It's a soft law, as it were. Um, and, and for that reason, we have to really be able to say, okay, I see what's up and I know exactly how to deal with this. But when we have all of those people calling you and saying, well, they said this, and this person said that, and did you see the right hand was over here? And did you see that was a pocketbook? That wasn't a Bible. That was a purse. And it was a this. No, it was a Bible with a zipper. Okay, it, it, it was a Bible with a zipper. You know what I mean? Dennis says, is the oil and gas permit EO 
is, is that to stop fracking? You know what? I believe it is. I do not want to say for sure because in my, in my impression, yes, that would, that's what it would be. Um, but I did not pull that one. I did not pull that particular EO. I did pull the one that dealt with the, the power grid. Um, I have a great idea. Ronnie says, let's cut the protection of the national grid for 90 days. <laughs> All righty here, Glassfix says, in my research, Biden did not receive a military aircraft for the inauguration. This has never occurred, ever. 50,000 troops in DC, most likely more is now the lockdown hmm, on those who locked us down. Hmm. Ronnie, LOL. And then Ronnie, <laughs> exactly. Fracking has a short, a short life to begin with. Yeah, it has a short life to begin with. And then, then look at all the people up there. I think, is it, was it uh, Dakota, North or South Dakota? I don't know which one it is, but I know a lot of people had their employment um, based there. If you remember several years ago, when people started going there, there was not enough housing for the people that went there for those jobs. It's very cold weather. And there were people that were just piled up on top of each other, trying to make it, trying to get that little money, you know, trying to get those coins together. I know a lot of people are saying, well, my husband just went up there for X, Y, Z, and he's going to come back. I don't even know what happened to some of those people. Yeah. I don't even know what happened to some of those folks, but a lot of people did. Anthony Van Zandt says, these folks putting everything in everybody in hive mentality, control grid mousetrap in a shell game, economics 101, the power of the pen. Nope, it wasn't a talking serpent to begin with. <laughs> okay. And Peaches, one, one Peaches 41 makes a good point. We are all distracted by illusions. That's so true. Dennis Conrad says, I agree with that glass fix. I'm against fracking. It destroys the groundwater. So <clears throat> when we see all that stuff that's going on, then we just have to say, you know what? I don't know what's best for somebody else, but I know that for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the most high and that's going to be it. And there's nothing else anybody can say or do about it. Here's the funny thing. Have you ever noticed that when you don't focus on the bad stuff, your time goes by really quickly when you smile, when you laugh? How about we just have 90 days of happiness, making sure that we choose happiness. Now be careful because if you take this and you do this, I guarantee you something's going to come around to snatch your joy to test it, <laughs> right? Something's going to come around to test it. And you're going to be like, oh, gee, Willikers, I was going to try to be happy. But I can't be happy right now because, well, they stole the last donut in the break room. <laughs> the story we told earlier. They took the last donut in the break room and we're not happy. Glass Fix says, Dennis Conrad, the real oil is in North Alaska and the Arctic Circle. Pamela comes in with, yes, one Peaches 41, it's all distractions. That's so true. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Glassfix. But it's it's like it's all, you know, everything gets us all off. You know, we got to be cognizant of the fact that we don't want to be double-minded. And listen, I'm telling you this, but listen, I get a thousand thoughts a minute sometimes, and it's easy 
to get over here and then get over there and then get back over here and then think, okay, do I want to do this or do I want to do that? Nah, this seems easier. You don't want to be double-minded though. You want to make sure that whatever you do, you sit down, you write it down and you think about it. Sometimes, especially if you can be scatterbrained. Um, as an entrepreneur, I think that's possibly how my thoughts have always gone. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm, I'm working on this project. I'm working on that project. I just do a lot of multitasking. But you don't want to have your way split. Okay, I'll believe this today. I'll believe that tomorrow. I'll believe this right now. And then I'll believe this next, next hour. No, do your research. Get in the word. Just decide to trust him and just decide to be on his side. Just decide to be on his side. You see how easy that is? If you just decide to be on his side, then you don't have to worry about anything else. You can just walk in happiness. Just do it. Walk in joy, walk in love. You know what I'm saying? You can be as, as uh, wise as a serpent, but as harmless as a dove. And then when you, if you got to go for broke, okay, I'm, I'm not going to tell you to be no, you know, no doormat. But if you've got to go for broke, go for broke sometimes. If something happened where you feel threatened and you got to run, you got to get up out of there, get on up out. Time to roll out, roll out. Oil is an, is that abiotic, self-regenerating compound? There is no shortage except for the ones, the blanks created. This group is highly intelligent. You guys are great. I agree with you. 141 peaches, one peaches, 41. I like it. Ronnie Mann says, side note, they just found and rescued 33, quote, lost children in Los Angeles today. Well, praise God. I'm glad. Uh, awesome Alice says, awesome, awesome, awesome Alice, I like it, says, trust God for he is the truth. I think that's what we're saying. Trust God for he is the truth. And we must be like Job. He never cursed him. Did he, awesome Alice? He never, he lost everything, didn't he? He lost his, he, he lost the, the family, the wife. He lost his barn. He lost all the animals. He lost everything and he got it back, right? Yeah, he did. Double, double. I think it was double. Seven times double. Okay, so let's see here. SCDHL2, yes, agreed. Regeneration takes a longer time than oil pumps work though. Yep, true. And let's see, Teresa says, oh, she loves one peaches 41. She loves it. She loves you. Okay, you guys, I think that, you know, we're coming up on an hour and I just wanted to come and read that scripture because I'm like, okay, now we haven't recorded the rest of Psalms and we are going to have to pick on up where we left off and come on in at the 16th. And maybe we can do this a couple of more times. Um, you know, I, I think it's important. He lost everything, but he never lost his faith. That's absolutely right. Ronnie Mann, it is interesting. He was 33. Hmm. Hmm. The things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. Yep. He says, one peaches 41. Yep. Snake oilers. And distractions. Whilst illusions. Tries. Pick souls. Pockets. This kid has got to think, faith and gratitude to stay focused. Amen. You guys, I appreciate you all for taking the last hour with me. Thank you so much for that.
I'm glad that um, you guys uh, popped in. Wanted to let you know that this week we have an exceptional guest. It is none other than Cynthia McKinney. And I'm rattling the notes that I had uh, in place for her. I think I want you guys to see it if you haven't already seen the um, upcoming flyer. Let me go in here and see, can I find it for our videos? It's the one that's coming up very soon. Now this is going to play. Where is it? Now let me go here. You guys know I'm, I'm doing the thing. I don't care what nobody say. I am doing the thing. I am trying my best <laughs> to show you guys I know what I'm doing. I think I do. I think I got it. How do I go over here and show you this? <laughs> if you guys can see my corny behind on this side over here. I, you know what? I've learned to admire my cornballness because it keeps me centered and it keeps me grounded. The fact that I can be somewhat challenged with uh, technology, it doesn't bother me at all. I, 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 rather, I rather like it. It keeps me grounded. It makes me know that I am human, and I and I appreciate that. Here it is. I'm going to go this way. See, there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way. I'm over here fumbling around, and uh, uh, yeah. Let me give you this tab here, and then I'm going to go over there. Then I'll be here, and I'm going to share it there. See, you guys? I know what I'm doing now. I don't know if it'll show me this, though. Okay, there you go. So there's the reminder. In two days, January 27th at 11 a.m., we will have Congresswoman Cynthia McKinney, Ph.D. She will be here for a live interview. And if you have the opportunity to come out and uh, meet her, please do. Come out and ask some questions and leave those questions inside of the chat. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely make sure that we try to get to all of them if we can. I do have about four or five pages of notes that I've been working on for the last two days sitting here in front of me. And, uh, and I believe that it's going to be a really good time. I do. You know, uh, Dr. McKinney, I believe it was the fourth district in Atlanta, Georgia is where she was. And she was really, really good. So, um, I'm so happy that, uh, that that she's coming to sit with me and talk with us and we can really find out some things. Now, the reason why I like people like that is because of the fact that they have knowledge based on uh, uh, based on what they know. You know what I mean? It's not some it's not a bunch of conjecture. It's, it's based on what they know. And I like that. And so uh, we're going to see exactly what she has to say. We're going to ask some ask some questions. I have some pretty good questions that I think that she'll be pretty you know happy to answer for us. Um, and I think she's just a dynamic woman. So with that said, I would love it if you guys would all come and sit with me if you're able to. Uh, I know that there's a, f a few folks that said, hey, I can't, but what I will do is I will catch it on the replay. And that's a good thing, right? Um, and so that's good. So if you can't come in person, make sure that you pick it up on the replay, uh, share it out if you can, because I believe that she's going to have a lot of good things to say. I'm asking a lot of questions that I don't think a lot of people have asked to date. And if they have, that's a good thing too. Yes, I agree with you, R. Jones. She would make a good president. Um, and that, and that, and that would be outstanding. So that is this Wednesday, the 27th of January at 11 o'clock central time. 
And so that will be 12 o'clock if you're on the East Coast. And I believe it's 9 a.m. if you are out West. Yes, if you were in the wild, wild West, that's the time it's going to be. So I appreciate you guys and y'all have a good night. Let's see the Lockhart perspective, old school, only school sister. Thank you, Felicia. Thank you. Uh, not to all gratitude. The TV. Oh, we love you so much, Anthony. We love you. We know that you are, uh, I would love to come up there where you guys are. I would love that. Uh, there's a few places that I would love to go. I'd love to go to Alaska during the Iditarod. I really want to do that. I've always wanted to do that. And then I'd love to go to Canada because I like the cold climate. And then I like the fact that, you know, even though it's Canada, they still have the Parisian feel, the Parisian touch. Uh, my sister goes to Paris quite often because she lives in the UK. Of course, not now because there are so many different restrictions. So she can't do that. But with that said, I would love to come to Canada as well as Alaska. Well, you guys take care of one another and be blessed. And remember what we always say on our channel. And there's a reason for that. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You guys take care and be blessed. To receive instant notification each time I upload, please hit the subscribe button and the bell notification. Mm -hmm.